0: Flyover Politics Podcast,
1: the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. Where am I? I'm right here, sir. I'm right, right here. There. Okay, here we go. Boss, let's go over here. Okay, why don't you s- turn around to your right. Hey, folks, there. how are you? It was almost exactly one year ago that I signed a law of more than 100 years in the making. And it was an honor. It was one of the great honors of my career, the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act, making lynching a federal hate crime. You know, folks, lynching is pure terror, enforcing the lie that not everyone belongs in America and not everyone is created equal. Pure terror to systematically undermine hard-fought civil rights. Innocent men, women, children, hung by noose from trees. Bodies burned, drowned, castrated. Their crimes, trying to vote, trying to go to school, trying to own a business trying to re- preach the gospel false false accusations of murder arson robbery lynched for simply being black nothing more with white crowds white families <coughs> gathered to celebrate the spectacle taking pictures of the bodies and mailing them my postcards hard to believe but that's what was done and some people still want to do that you know as this film president biden i hate to bother you we need to end this war in ukraine we need to push for the negotiations i hate to bother you but people are dying and we need to end and lift the blockade in cuba Please,
2: please please please
1: I hate to bother you. I'll happily leave, but I hope that we push for peace talks and negotiations and take Cuba off the state now?
3: And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It's the 21st of February, year of our Lord, 2023. That's some sawed-off bullshit. That is just, you know, I'm yeah, making fun of him while he's walking. And we'll get to the code pink. But actually saying those words, that some Americans still want to lynch and watch people die who are POC. I am. Um, first of all, it's gonna be a low key podcast. I am not doing too well. I I. uh I'm getting GERD flux, Uh, it's part of it. Your body has to decide what to do and the last five days have been really bad. Uh, On top of it, I've completely detoxed, which makes you feel horrible. Um, Unfortunately, I've been in pain management for a while because of my injuries and uh, you you, you get addicted. There's nothing really you can do about it. And with this cycle of burn, 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 and everything goes out, all the bile goes through your system, straight out the back end, and you sit on the toilet for a day like I have today, you detox and you feel pretty rough. So if I'm a little soft-spoken, I'm not feeling too good. Uh, the benefit is I'm not nauseous. Uh, you know, I could sleep in a bed, but um, it's uh, just different. It's a different type of pain. I went from one suck to a new suck. But I remember seeing this and I watched it live um, We had flipped out of a show. We were watching a bunch of documentaries this week. And I saw him utter this phrase. I remember just staring at my TV, just speechless. I don't know why you would say that unless you wanted to divide America. I don't know why you would say that unless you were a horrible person. The percentage of people that want to see people get lynched is well below... The left, what they say every day. The people that are in this trans fucking religion who say horrible things about Christians. My own daughter does. Um, Well, I don't know if she still does because I don't know her anymore, but they hate us. The violence that's being done everywhere The last three mass shootings, four mass shootings by people of color. The percentage of white supremacists in America are well below the percentage of Antifa, Jane's Revenge, and the Democratic Party with their media allies who continually demean 50% of the country just because they don't think like them. I mean, I've said the adage so much, I don't even want to say it. We just think they're idiots. They think we're evil. They want to do physical harm. They want to do re-education camps. I mean, there, I hope I can find it. I had uh, a quote by one of them, and I think I put it down here. Hold one. There it is. I was going to say this for later, but it just, um, you know, before I wipe this out, it's so typical. I mean, I was impressed Code Pink protested him because him and Obama started a lot of wars. And it seemed like the left was fine with it once W left. But this is Sarah Rara. If you're a Republican in 2023, you are a fascist. You were married to, in a relationship with a Republican, you are a fascist. You're a friend with a Republican. You are a fascist. At some point, your actions need to match your memes. It's a low bar. That is 75% of everybody who considers themselves a Democrat. That's what they think. It's their modus apparatus. They think 50% of the country is garbage. And how I know that is the release of the videos to Tucker, and I'm going to play a short bite. Axios, most of the left, lost their shit over the fact that a media outlet, was going to get access to something. Now, if you go back through the Trump stuff, CNN knew when they were gonna arrest people. There was all sorts of cohabitation between uh, three-letter organizations and the lefty media, and they were just fine with that. And every one of those turned out to be completely false. But this is a huge revelation, because we're gonna be able to see what a committee that literally said They didn't focus on it because the focus was Trump. They said those words. They didn't look into Nancy Pelosi. They didn't look into why the National Guard was denied. The only leaks we've had is from some police officers and generals that actually had integrity and said, yeah, this is all kind of bullshit. They did a show trial and drug it out for such a long time for the mid-tour with a party that suppressed all sorts of information, documents that were found, Laptops, I mean, this is good if you believe in the First Amendment.
4: So for really more than two years now, we've been complaining about, and we think it's justified, the fact that the U.S. Congress has held thousands, tens of thousands of hours of closed-circuit camera footage from the public, they have not released any of it, um, from January 6th. And January 6th, of course, is a transformative event in this country. It's been used to change the country. So there are about 44,000 hours. uh, And we have, you may have read this today, been granted access to that. And we believe that access is unfettered. We believe we have secured the right to see whatever we wanna see. Um, So we've been there about a week. Our producers, some of our smartest producers, have been there. Uh, looking at this stuff and trying to figure out what it means and how it contradicts or not the story that we've been told for more than two years. We think already that in some ways it does contradict that story. And so we're going to spend the rest of this week taking a look at it, assessing it as honestly as we
3: can, and we're going to bring
4: you what we find next week.
3: That is a good thing. That is a free society. But as we have watched over and over and over about everything that we have heard about J6, about the 2020 election, everything they say is a fucking lie. And as you would predict because of this, our media lost their shit. I, I would argue that
5: you've got ideologue, grifter, and then unmitigated coward. Uh, and that also, I think, sort of explains a lot of their behavior. Uh, Michael, I am going to play you this video because in the midst of this information, in the midst of these reveals that, again, major Fox News hosts are essentially calling their viewers idiots, uh, that they do not believe many of the lies that they promoted. We've already seen this with COVID. They're talking about the 2020 election. Let's take a look at what Tucker was literally just
4: saying last night, despite these new revelations. And you may be wondering, what the hell is going on in our country? There are so many unanswered questions, some of them lingering. How, for example, did senile hermit Joe Biden get 15 million more votes than his former boss, rock star crowd surfer Barack Obama? Results like that would seem to defy the laws of known physics and qualify instead as a miracle. Was the 2020 election a miracle? Honestly, we don't know. We don't expect to get an answer to it tonight.
5: So Tucker's still lying uh, and still, I I think this is one of the faux left things where they say I'm just asking questions, what people do when they're sort of making bad face statements. You know, Michael, what does it say about the current state of the Republican Party or the viewers or the party itself that Carlson is still lying despite the fact that he got busted with receipts yet again being exposed as a charlatan and a fraud and an abject coward?
3: There's a court case that's going on. It won't happen about the stupid tabulation machines. It's a high bar. Everybody knows this is just bullshit. And it's to go after Fox crap. Because if you went after every time somebody said that voting machines were suspect, they'd have to take out most of our networks who did it during Hillary's loss, who did it prior to Obama in 2012, who did it during Bush. It was the left that had hearings on voting tabulation machines. It wasn't the right. But of course, our media is not going to say that. They have spent their time propping up a piece of shit. A guy who cares more about Ukraine than he does a town in Ohio. That's just a a fact. That's not spurless accusations it's just a fucking fact they don't give no fucks about red states and this making him sound like he did something there were people even said it's really ballsy that he went in there do you actually believe there wasn't like a ring of fighters around him does anybody believe that wasn't happening But as they go on this quest of, hey, it's all fucking bullshit, you got Andrea Mitchell softballing. You have CNS, CNN host Colorado, uh, Coddles, Colorado Governor Polis, and goes after Ritz Scott. So we got DeSantis, for Scott. Melber, oh, I'm going to do that one separate. Um, a report of a poll 40% disapproving of immigration, and then they never talk about it again. MSNBC historian, Biden was brave like Lincoln during the trip. This guy jerks off to Biden Uh, and the rest of the networks. This historic trip, which you all know, let's be honest, if Trump would have done this when George Bush did this into Iraq, it was careless. Uh, The 25th Amendment should have been invoked because what happens? And just the first 14-second clip about Biden going into Ukraine, the sycophancy in our media trying to prop up an 80-year-old guy that can't form two sentences with a thesaurus and a dictionary is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> Um, I've been here for the past five
6: days. I have not heard any explosions. I have not heard any air sirens until about half an hour ago, right when uh, President Biden was in the center of Kiev, as, as Clarissa was, was just mentioning.
0: Let me ask you, what does Governor Ron DeSantis not know of black, about black history and the black experience when he says that slavery and the aftermath of slavery should not be taught to Florida school children? I don't know what he knows and what he doesn't know, but I know this. Any push to censor America's teachers and tell them what they should be teaching in the best interest of our children in, in partnership with the parents of America is, I think, um, wrong headed.
3: I, I got to commentate on that. Who is telling teachers and parents what must be taught to kids? Is it the right or the left? Anybody? Anybody? They're the ones pushing CRT and LGBTQIA in there. It's not the right doing that. It's the left. So I I just think it's so comedic that she would ask that question and she would answer that question when the reality is... It is the left setting what our kids learn,
0: not the right. I I want to bring up some recent Gallup polling on immigration. These numbers caught my eye. 63% of Americans in this poll saying they're dissatisfied with immigration. 40% saying they want to see it decrease. Uh, If this is political theater, right? If that is the reason that Kevin McCarthy is at the border with Republicans, does that theater have an audience? It does, Alicia. And regrettably, it's because the border continues to be broken and we
1: don't see any solution
2: You heard President Biden there invoking Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. You're a governor as well. One of the things that DeSantis has been in the headlines for recently was saying that this advanced placement course on African-American studies, he believed imposed a political agenda. You're a governor. Is that how you would spend your time?
7: Yeah, first of all, how bizarre that he's governor of a state even bigger than Colorado and apparently he's reading AP curricula. I mean I, I took AP courses in high school thirty years ago and I barely read the curricula of them. I certainly don't as governor. So I, I don't know exactly what he's doing. Secondly, these are just optional courses that advanced students can take. Um and and, and you know, if people want to take them they will. But certainly it's not the role of a governor to be dictating curricula of advanced AP courses, a private organization. I mean, I just thought that whole thing was extremely bizarre when I saw it.
2: You referenced the president's address Tuesday night in Washington, his State of the Union address. There was one line there, You know, we've talked about the Republicans in the back and the forth there, but there was one line that he made about energy. I know you've talked and focused on energy prices a lot in your state. I want to play that moment of what President Biden said.
1: And when I talked to a couple of them, they say, we're afraid you're going to shut down all the oil wells and all the uh, oil refineries anyway, so why should we invest in them? I said, we're going to need oil for at least another decade, and that's going to exceed (laughs) and beyond that. We're going to need
7: it.
2: Governor, I don't think it was supposed to be a laugh line. What would you make of the president and his comments about at least another decade?
7: It's a good way to talk about it. I mean, the truth is we're rapidly weaning ourselves off of fossil fuels. Is there going to be demand for oil in 10 years? There will be. There'll probably be some demand in 20 years. Uh, In Colorado, our goal is 100% renewable energy by 2040. Uh, I think we'll reach it. We'll be at 80% by 2030. Already in Colorado, about 12% of cars sold are electric vehicles. But, yes, oil and gas are international commodities. There's likely to continue to be a market for it in 10 years. Probably in 20 years, if you're asking me, 30 or 40, I think we'll largely be off of those fossil fuels with lower cost, more reliable renewable energy.
2: What do you make of the White House's climate plan, but also their energy plan? Some have said there's a disconnect between what they're seeking for those two to look like, between reality and what their ambitions are.
5: Yeah, I think what Biden did today goes straight through two centuries of proud American history. Uh, Just what you said earlier, uh, Joy, Presidents, you know, let's, let's say that LBJ and Nixon used to go to Vietnam, but they'd appear on an American airbase that was pretty well controlled. To find a, a day of this kind of presidential bravery in a war zone, you've got to go all the way back to 1864, July, when Abraham Lincoln as president went to see Confederate soldiers who were firing on Washington, D.C., uh, on the brink of taking it over.
3: I, I'm telling you, that guy masturbates to Biden. He just masturbates to Biden. And it shows, to go back, because I'm doing these commentaries between, sorry. Um, it's a quick podcast. It just puts this up together because I wasn't planning, and the wife's busy all day, and I'm by myself. So um, it shows what the first thing's about. He's a historian. Those are the people telling us what we have to teach our kids and they're the ones writing history that Obama was the great unifier who destroyed our country. That's my soapbox today. I'm going to get on a soapbox and I'm going to yell. Um, but that's, that's what they do. And, and then when you, you go through the rest of this media, these are the people writing history, shoving it in books, and forcing it down our kids' necks.
8: We begin tonight with President Biden's secret and historic trip into Ukraine, a daring act by a sitting president visiting a war zone and one where no American troops are serving. The journey planned in secrecy and unannounced playing out in the overnight hours, and it comes just as the world is set to witness the one-year anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine.
0: A big story today, that top secret and historic trip of President Biden to Ukraine. Security was tight, as it was the first time in modern history that an American president traveled to a war zone where there is not a U.S. military presence on the ground. President Biden's motorcade slipped out of the White House at 3.30 a.m. on Sunday morning to begin a nearly 40-hour journey in and out of Ukraine. There were no flashy motorcades or Air Force One for this journey. Instead, he took an Air Force C-32 to get to Poland and then at 10 p.m. at night, Boarded an approximately eight car train for a 10 hour journey into Kyiv, arriving in the Ukrainian capital just as the sun was rising.
5: We have seen American presidents quietly slipping into war zones before, but never quite like what we saw today. Americans waking up to news that President Biden had arrived in the Ukrainian capital of Kyiv on an unannounced visit cloaked in secrecy that included the president taking a 10 hour train ride across Ukraine, venturing into a country actively at war and where there is no sustained U.S. military presence. The risk underscored by the wail of an air raid siren as the president strolled outside with President Volodymyr Zelensky. The visit coming just before the first anniversary of the Russian invasion. Mr. Biden voicing unwavering support for Ukraine and vowing the U.S. would stand with the battered country for as long as it takes.
2: President Biden arriving in Poland after his historic and highly secret- Trip inside a war zone in Kyiv, side by side with Ukraine's President Zelensky. Show of unity and defiance aimed at Russian President Vladimir Putin, days away from the one year anniversary of Putin's invasion of Ukraine. The momentous day starting with President Zelensky and the First Lady of Ukraine greeting Mr. Biden. <laughs> Uniformed Ukrainian military officers lining the streets as the two presidents walked through the Ukrainian capital, locked down for security. Air raid sirens in the distance. Then this dramatic moment, laying a wreath at the wall of remembrance for fallen Ukrainians.
3: Anybody who doesn't believe there was big time security, there were SF on the ground, there was fucking military all around that are smoking fucking crack. And I guarantee as sure as a fat man flies, there was fucking American air around the president. They did it when when Bush and Trump. Oh, I guess Trump didn't. But when Bush and Obama went into Iraq, I mean, it's just so fucking stupid. But then there was a positive and I plucked this one out. I had it in my negatives and I was just shocked. But here's Bill Maher basically bitch slapping Ari Melber. You know, they pushed the fake Russia shit for they're still pushing it. They still if you do a poll of liberals, they believe Trump was installed by Putin. And as an independent, conservative-leaning yes, the only buddy who's Putin's bitch is Biden. Did he stop him from fucking invading? Has he stopped him at all? His GDP went up 2%. None of the fucking historic coalition um, embargoes we put on him, it didn't work. He's still making money. People are still using his natural gas, even after we blew up one of the pipelines we haven't stopped him one bit but here's bill maher
9: people want to hear what they already believe i could give you examples can you honestly say msnbc doesn't do some of that
2: and for instance with the report i'm just i'm gonna help him out you're gonna gonna gonna
1: help help him him out out. a little
2: no i'm gonna hurt him (laughs) (laughs) I I worked at the Department of Justice when the Mueller investigation was going on. That was a cheap part of my job. And there were news organizations, let's just say, that kept telling their viewers that Trump was about to get thrown in the gulag and was going to jail for the rest of his life when that was clearly not what was going on.
10: Well, i like to have her go first. I never know what's going to happen. I covered that story. I love MSNBC. I love working there. I would defend our journalism, although, yes, you can find, and we should be open to constructive criticism about any reporting. But uh, if you want me to speak about my reporting, I mean, we know each other. Like, I never said Trump was about to be indicted. Quite the opposite. And we did a piece, for example, flagging that Mueller is very careful, and we showed all of his past congressional testimony, which is super boring as a preview to, but, like, <laughs> how the report was going to go and how his testimony was going to go. I do think the media has this responsibility and it definitely sometimes falls down so we all have to be open to that. I, I,
9: I remember reading that they did a study of Republicans versus Democrats the question was what percentage this is like a year and a half ago what percentage of people who get COVID require hospitalization the answer is less than 1% almost half of Democrats thought it was over 50% they listen to your network where do they get that kind of information
10: That was to to you. That was clear. Okay, Okay. that's bad
9: information they have in their head, and it's from one side.
10: I'll tell you this. I think you make a really fair point that if the press is hunting a narrative instead of facts, then, as you say, you can pull even true things into that narrative. Uh, I'm still going to double down on defending. I think we do really good journalism, and we had people on my program, On the Beat, since we're talking about the media, where we brought on skeptics about all these issues. We brought on uh, someone from California, actually, who was in the height of COVID protesting the quarantine rules because they- you know, Bill Maher is a liberal.
3: I understand that, <clears throat> but to show how far the left has gone from what they were, he's a voice of reason now because that's how far they've gone. If you look back at yourself, anybody who's my age, I'm 55 fucking years old until I was in my early thirties, I would have been considered a liberal. I was pro-choice. I didn't give a fuck about abortion. Everybody around me was pro-life, but I, I didn't fucking care. I realized even then, <clears throat> women were going to get abortions and people were going to perform abortions, whether we said we, they could or not. That was just the way it was going to be. I literally... Had no issues with homosexuality or anything because I didn't fucking care. There was a bunch of gay people. I had gay friends. I didn't fucking care. As long as you didn't touch me and you didn't expect me to suck your dick, I didn't give a fuck. I was pretty cool with it. Had a friend from choir. Let him hug me. I didn't care. And I had been accosted as a young guy. A guy tried to make a move on me once. And I was like, what the fuck? But I was never a homophobe. I was all about a whole bunch of liberal policies. I thought religion Shouldn't be forced on people. I was all about freedom of speech. I was all about people being able to say it. Then I go and do a whole career in the army and I start growing up and the left starts going farther left and I stayed here. And the only thing I've changed on from my 30s to the 50s is A, now I'm with four restrictions because I got an education and I realized They're doing live birth abortion. They're doing third trimester abortion. We're handing out fucking abortion pills like Tic Tacs to kids. And then they started pushing LGBTQIAEIO colon hashtag pound sign. That is the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, I guess I fucked it up. And I'm like, okay, whoa. That should be an 18 or older. But even then... I think there's some crazy motherfuckers, but if you want to become a unicorn, go be a unicorn. If you want to suck dick and think you have a dick, but you have a vagina and you're a dude, I don't give a fuck. You live you. And an amazing thing happened. They became the right. They started telling us their religion and we had to embrace their religion. Had to paste the 99 pronouns. You had to be for fucking Sam Smith fucking... Satanic bullshit. You had to fucking embrace everything they say, and now you're Hitler, and you want lynchings again. If you're against any of their far left crazy bullshit, I mean, who's the fascist? I mean, I, I see a person here calling everybody a fascist, kind of being fascisty, and then we get into the politics. You know, the left used to have a litmus test. The left still does. You can't be pro life over there. You're not going to get any money. You got to be all up in the PPFA and be for abortions every day and twice on Sunday. Don't matter. If they come out as it's a woman's right to choose. And then we get Fetterman. But before I play it, this was this week. Trump has. Dementia.
0: President Biden received a clean bill of health yesterday following a routine physical exam at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center in Maryland. In a memo, Biden's personal physician wrote that he, quote, remains a healthy, vigorous 80-year-old male who is fit to successfully execute the duties of the presidency. The medical assessment noted that Biden had a small lesion removed from his chest during a dermatology consultation. It was sent off for a biopsy, and the results are still pending we tell you all of this so that we can i don't know take a trip down memory lane
1: oh this will be fun
0: (laughs) yeah why not right it's always good
1: Mm -hmm. here's
0: here's dr ronnie jackson after donald trump's physical if that's what you want to call it when he was president in 2018
3: Explain to me how a guy who eats McDonald's and (laughs) fried chicks and all those Diet Cokes and who never exercises is in as good a shape as you say he's in. It's called genetics.
11: I don't
9: know. Uh, Yeah, called genetics. He went on to say, John Heilman, that Trump had such great genes that if he didn't eat badly, he'd live till he was 200 years of age. Did he mean
0: dad genes?
9: I I I I, I guess the, the shock of it is that that actually people in the Obama administration actually vouched for this guy for 15 minutes before he started doing this. But they, again, just the lies just Oof. started rolling off of his tongue and I guess have continued uh, over the past couple of years. I mean, look, I would say just to, to stand up for, for, uh, for, uh, uh, for, the, for the good doctor here on one point, I mean, you know, if you think about Trump's diet over the course oh. of his life, You think about Trump's Mm -hmm. uh, the way he's taking care of his body, Mm -hmm. if you could use those words, taking care and his body in the same Mm -hmm. sense. You think about the stress of the presidency. You think about his sleeping patterns. You think about all things we know. I mean, the fact that the guy made it out of four years of the presidency alive is an amazing thing. Like, I mean, his with that. if, If I if I had that diet, that lack of exercise, and those sleeping habits, I'd be dead now. You know, yeah, I mean, I'm, with it. So there is some there is something to the notion that he does have some kind of extraordinary genes. It is the case that the Trump men historically in his family have been, lived to be lived to ripe old ages in general. Uh, so I don't want to give too much credit, to Dr. Jackson. Obviously, you know, the dude is a whack job on a lot of levels. But uh, there is something kind of amazing about <laughs> Donald Trump that he's still out
3: there. So he, they still yeah. that he's still erect, that he's still upright. You know, it's like kind of an incredible thing. Yeah.
0: Didn't
9: Fred Trump yeah. have really bad demeanor? But-
3: that was this week in 2023. Now, here's the media on Fetterman.
11: Okay, uh, so recently, elected Senator of Pennsylvania, John Fetterman, just checked himself into Walter Reed Medical Center to undergo treatment for depression. There was a time we wouldn't have known this. When FDR was president, we concealed his uh, effects from polio. He never was seen in public. He was on the radio and needed to use a wheelchair. Nobody knew that. JFK never revealed to the public that he had Addison's disease. So I applaud Fetterman for being so upfront about this. Do you think it will inspire other people to speak up when they need help, or will people try to use this against him? Well, people are going to try to use it against him, but I... I think it's so brave
0: and courageous. I know, Sarah, you, you share your mental health struggles often, and I always find that very brave. I have people in my family, as you know, we've talked about it, um, that, that struggle with mental health. And there's such a stigma attached to it. And I've noticed it myself when I say, well, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with this issue. People, get scared of it somehow and they they start using the crazy term and
11: i I hope this changes but they're going to say that he can't do his job aren't they but he can do the job because they're treatment for clinical depression that's that's part um i was actually with ben lujan the new mexico senator who had a stroke uh while serving uh last year and he mentioned to me this was tuesday night He he said, you know, the difference is that when I had my stroke,
8: people were praying for me. People were pulling for me. I had, people had my back. John is
11: under attack constantly.
12: Hoda, good morning to you. And a senior aide tells NBC News that what the senator is dealing with now is much different than the aftermath of his stroke from last spring, and that he will likely remain in inpatient care for a few weeks. Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman taking a temporary step back this morning after revealing a struggle familiar to millions of Americans. The lawmaker still recovering from a stroke checked himself into a hospital after being diagnosed with clinical depression. Fetterman's office revealing that he met with the Capitol physician on Monday who suggested he seek care at Walter Reed. His chief of staff saying, quote, while John has experienced depression off and on throughout his life, it only became severe in recent weeks. Experts say depression in the wake of a stroke is very common.
13: It is the most
2: uh, important and most frequent psychiatric complication from stroke many many patients will experience depression fetterman's announcement
12: comes a week after being hospitalized for lightheadedness he returned to work days later after a battery of tests revealed no physical problems the senator has auditory and processing issues related to last year's stroke he uses a tablet to participate in hearings and communicate with staff similar to what he used in an interview with nbc's dasha burns last october
11: it's really just how things happen because I sometimes we'll hear things in a way that's not perfectly clear so I use captioning so I'm
12: able to see what you're saying while his doctors have said he has no cognitive issues the impacts of the stroke appear to have taken an emotional toll and aide telling NBC that the depression symptoms he is dealing with now are quote a very different beast than what he was dealing with after the stroke last year his colleagues and family rushing to his support. I think what
8: John has done is really courageous to step up and take care of himself.
12: His wife tweeting, I'm so proud of him for asking for help and getting the care he needs. Will he be able to make a complete
2: recovery from this? He should be able to. It would be my expectation that he can absolutely be successfully treated for this.
12: And his office is so confident that Fetterman will make that full recovery that they say the prospect of resignation was, quote, never discussed and is not on the table.
3: There has never been a time in my life where we had a guy win a seat having a auditory aid because he couldn't hear. There's never been a time that the entire media structure has fucking said this guy is fit. And then propped up his wife, and then this was this was the article: John Fetterman and the performance of wellness. And I I, I could play a hundred of these, a hundred, just a hundred. It's just like nonstop. Particular challenge of enduring depression as a public figure. Everybody went with the the one for the New York Times, but this lady. Um, I think it's a lady who wrote it. This is the quote that I I was just struck by. Fetterman has basically been forced to contend with the effects of a severe brain trauma while working on absurdly demanding job in one of the most polarized and toxic political climates the country's ever known. And that was from New York. I'm sorry, that's the New York Times one. John Senior. Uh, Jennifer Spencer just wrote a quick column about John Fetterman. My theory is it's very hard to have to perform your okayness if you're not in public life. He was forced. We forced him to do it. The closing of this article, which they won't let me get. I can't even get to it. It's behind the paywall in Atlantic. Um, so I guess I covered both of them. Sorry, I thought I had the Atlantic quote on uh, the one I pulled up. But the, the reality is nobody forced him. You forced him on us. You told us that he was fit for duty, that he was totally capable of doing the job. And yet here he is still in hospital, talking like I'm British, and he's basically incapable of doing the job. All they had to do is continue on once he was elected, he resigns, and then the governor just installs somebody else for two years. And they still would have kept the seat. And that's what they were doing. They were propping up the wife. That's why I read all those wife things. That was their plan. But now just to be obstinate while they're saying Trump has dementia or could have dementia and still doing fucking psycho over on MSNBC and CNN. Oh, he's good to go. fucking hypocritical as fucking shit. And with the cruelest thing, if you look at Biden, you look at Fetterman, fuck Dr. Jill and fuck Fetterman's wife. How can you say you love somebody and you force them out to do shit like this? That'd be like my wife forcing me to go work at the lumberyard again when I can't even eat food still. How do you say you love somebody And you make your 80-year-old husband, who has a hard time walking and speaking, go out there. How do you do it? And now you're going to force him to go for another run because you like the power. It's your power. Your accolades. Let's be honest. The paper doesn't write a lot about Joe Biden or Fetterman. They write about the wives, And the wives fucking love it. They're just getting off on that virtue signaling. They're just like the parents that cart out their kids after they turned them to a different sex. They're sick, sadistic, virtue-sealing, fucking power-hungry pieces of shit. And she's not a goddamn doctor. Then we had this one, and I I couldn't resist playing this today. And then we'll go to our last top six. Politics at the water's edge. CNN actually said it.
0: So, uh, as we just heard, you both have been critical of President Biden's response to China here at home. But politics traditionally stops at the water's edge. Are you and the Biden administration on the same page and presenting a united message to the world when it comes to countering China, where you are right now in Munich? Congressman McCall first.
3: I was literally going to go back and grab stuff. Tell me how many times Trump was protected by the water's edge. How about George W. Bush when the media jerked off when he had a shoe thrown on him over the water's edge? See, all these norms, they all come from these little twat. I'm a journalist. I know better than you. The next guy we're about to have, Chuck Todd, CNN anchors. These are the protocols. Respect the office. I said before Biden got elected, we were going to have to respect the office of the President of the United States. Not the person. It's the office. Yet for fucking four years, it was nothing but Trump's a piece of shit. And it was a sararara. If you're associated, you're a piece of shit. Those people that work for him still can't even get fucking jobs. So no, you don't get to do the... Water's edge. He's protected. Y- you make the rules. You break the rules. When it suits you politically and when you can stick a knife into a Republican, you stick that knife. It doesn't matter the motherfuckers in a hospital bed. It didn't matter that Reagan was in his casket. We watched him dog him for fucking all the days of morning. They didn't give a fuck. So our last top six, MTP is garbage. But you know when we get in these election seasons who the media really want. Sorry, I got the shakes today, I guess, because I'm shaking the shit out of the freaking desk. So they bring out this Hogan motherfucker, and they ask him a bunch of goddamn questions to see if he will run for president and it just struck me that if this is what we're gonna we're gonna vote for for president and the republican ticket i might as well just vote for fucking biden
13: I'm curious, in a court filing this week, Dominion Voting released a lot of internal communications inside of Fox News. Uh, However people want to classify Fox News, I'm going to use the description of conservative town square. It is the town square for conservatives. Are you concerned that we now have evidence that essentially the the moderators of this town square refused to tell the truth to their viewers because they were afraid of offending them?
14: Look, I am concerned about it and uh, I don't know all the details of it. We're just seeing some of these facts come forward with the uh, with this Dominion case. Uh, but I think I'm, I've been concerned for a long time as I talked to conservative leaders who agreed with what I was saying. I, you know, I was pretty out there, you know, pretty direct answering some of these questions about January 6th, about right. the, the the election wasn't stolen and uh Many of them would say it privately, but then they would go out and say almost the complete opposite. And it sounds like that's what some of the hosts on Fox News did. Uh, and and, now, and, and but, I'm and hoping that now more people are starting to you know, say exactly what they believe.
13: But, Governor, I mean, you look at it, this Michigan Republican Party just not elected an election deniers party chair. The Kansas yeah. Republican Party. It feels like the conservative town square is lying to the base, and this is what happened.
14: Well, there's no question there's a lot of misinformation out there. And I am concerned about uh, some of the parties and people are taking over that are believing conspiracy theories. And I think we've got to get back uh, to a more a bigger tent Mm -hmm. party that can appeal to more people. Otherwise, we're going to keep losing elections. My question to you is not whether
13: this is a legitimate issue to be talking about. It's about whether this is the main issue or not. Do you view this as the main issue for 2024?
14: No, I think it's an important issue and I do hear it and people are concerned about this as I travel around the country because, you know, they, most people just don't think we should be talking about, you know, things like sex to young kids and the parents want to be more involved in this decisions about what their kids are being taught. However, uh, you know, I think some of this rhetoric is, uh, you know, it, some, you know d- demanding that things be done a certain way or that you can't say this, or you can't say that. We've got to be really careful. I know. About Does it
13: feel like you're going the other way? Like, it, yeah. it's sort of like you're on one hand, you've Governor DeSantis claiming, hey, I don't want all of this, but I'm going to tell you exactly what you can say and I'm going to tell you what you can't say.
14: Well, I'm a small government you know common sense conservative and to me it sounds like big government and uh... authoritarian uh... you you have to agree with me and i'm gonna tell you what you can and can't do so but it's an issue it's not the most important issue i think more people are concerned about the economy mm-hmm. inflation they're concerned about uh, crime right. uh... but education is one of the things that we've got to talk about
13: uh... if you do run uh... the rnc is trying to get people to pledge if they want to participate in their debates their sanctioned debates. you have to pledge to support the nominee no matter who it is you had an interesting exchange with Hugh Hewitt, and I don't know where you stand on this. Where do you stand on this?
14: Well, I think it's kind of silly because uh, it's not going to happen. We, are, we already know uh, President Trump has said numerous times he he refuses to. So com- he refuses. Why should you, right? <laughs> well, I mean, if they say you're not going to be on the debate stage, if you won't commit to support the nominee, then President Trump won't be on the debate stage, and I don't think anybody believes that that's going to happen. Uh, but, look, I, I think uh, – I think uh, you know i 'm a lifelong Republican uh, mm-hmm. who wants to support the nominee of the party, whoever that is, however you know i've said before i didn 't support trump i wouldn't support trump mm-hmm. i you know i I'd put the country ahead of party and not put somebody in that uh, that is not should not be the president if you thought your candidacy was going to contribute to the to
13: inadvertently helping Donald Trump, would that be a reason
14: not to run That'd be a pretty good reason to consider not running absolutely i mean i uh, I care much more. Uh, I don't care that much about my future in the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. I care about making sure we have a future for the Republican Party. And if, it, if we can stop uh, Donald Trump and elect a great uh, Republican, common-sense, conservative mm-hmm. leader, um, then certainly that would be a fact.
3: See, that cat is brought to you by the media. He knows how to get good love from fucking um, Chuck Todd. He's basically an independent. He's very liberal on most things. And that's what they think a good Republican president is. They don't want one that fights for the other 50% of the country because they don't know anybody who's a 50% of the country. They just don't. And to prove it, well, there it is. I never truly understood Fox News until now. That's Brian Seltzer. Big thing because some of them knew it was bullshit but still aired it. Some of them didn't want it aired. If we could get the private stuff and it wasn't leaked— because it never gets leaked to CNN? What do they really think? Remember we found out that Hillary thought that Latinos were taco bowls? I do, I remember it quite well. Things they won't cover, everything you need to know. Wisconsin, the blue states are still blue stating. They're going to rig 2024, they're still gonna do the mail-in, you're not gonna change anything. It is a farce. This, the FBI linking them to white nationalists. Everybody's a white nationalist that doesn't believe what they believe. I mean, come on. This week, WAPO. Do you think of Trump left Afghanistan? Because remember he tried and they stopped him and said it was ridiculous and they backed Biden doing it and there was a caliphate. You think that'd be news? I'm pretty sure it would. This is so starkingly biased, I don't even have words. I'm just going to put it up. I mean, look at that. Beauty in the aftermath of a Chinese balloon that went across our country. And we didn't do anything about it. But then we blew up the hobby balloons. that's good. Good stuff. Electric car road trip. This is Axios. You're not going to go cross-country. Everybody knows you're not going to go cross-country. But even liberals are starting to, these liberal outlets are starting to print the reality that it isn't cheaper. Financially, it doesn't do anything for you except save the planet. And that's why they're for it. They want to bankrupt you. They want you to be on the fucking dole because then they own you. Remember this lady? She called Ben Shapiro a, a gateway drug to white nationalism. She's out. He's in. They're the same people. That's the head of YouTube. They're the same fucking shit burgers, which takes us into our prog. We're gonna listen to Abby Phillips say nobody has d- condemned white supremacists in the GOP. Well, nobody's condemned racism. We hear a lot of shit about why we don't want teacher, we don't want people to fucking um, get into what kids are teaching. So I'm going to play a CBS recording of how horrible it is and the protest against it. And then you're going to see white kids bowing before black kids because of slavery. And that's why parents don't want CRT caught, taught in their schools. I don't care about
0: I have to say, I mean, before you jump in, Jeremy, it's a little disheartening to also see that happening. I mean, I think it's fine to to do all of that, but to not address uh, the real—I mean, there there are some real, you know, nasty elements of the Republican Party, white supremacists and others who want to align themselves with that party, and nobody is really condemning those people, but. I mean, there, there's a big
6: sense for me in both this message from Tim Scott and this message from Nikki Haley, where they are trying, it seems to find some kind of middle lane that unifies both the Trump supporters and the anti Trumpers um, that, that that they're trying to carve out that lane. But is there really a clamoring for it?
3: You know, well, in the... we begin this half hour with the controversy over Florida's education reform law championed by Governor Ron DeSantis.
10: Protesters marched on the state capitol this week in response to DeSantis's rejection of AP African-American studies courses in Florida's public schools.
3: The Republican governor has also championed an education reform law that has led to books being pulled from classrooms and school libraries. Christian Benavides reports on how this new
10: law is affecting POV, a Florida classroom.
3: That's just That's just fucked up. That shit's fucked up, man. It's fucked up. Any way you cut it, it's fucked up. This is fucked up. Probably already heard it by now, but the list I downloaded, they're not very good. I mean they're pretty horrible, Auburn. Of course. WAPO is going to be running these kind of articles that people are having to scrutinize their stuff. Then they're running articles that her baby had a deadly diagnosis and Florida doctors refused an abortion. Oh, my God. That's so horrible. They're still hanging on to that fucking thing. Um, then one that I, the media has. I haven't found a whole lot on this. I think they're ignoring it. But it's pretty amazing. Right yonder in Kentucky. This is happening and it's been happening for a while. a non-stop revival and it'll come there's reporters from New York Times Atlantic dead spin somewhere there are reporters trying to find out one of these people are a white supremacist a white Christian nationalist or what have you which takes us to our trans here's a parent club and a teacher a trans activist basically saying that the pronouns are bullshit. CBS airing footage of a fucking school and it was already proven to be false. But somehow, some way, CBS decided to air the false stuff because this info is only for you guys, not for the left.
12: Hey Blue, look at all these families! Hi families, it's time for a pride parade! Families marching one by one, hurrah, hurrah! Families marching one by one, hurrah, hurrah! This family has two mummies. they love each other so proudly, and they all
4: go marching in the big parade!
12: 10-year-old pansexual who came out to me this year and was incredibly grateful for the books that you had available. I would not be coming to this library if you had not approved those books and made them available for my
11: family. I'm not into all the other bullshit. I think what other bullshit? The they and them. Yeah. And all that extra shit that we added during the pandemic because everyone mm-hmm. was so bored on their fucking houses. They just started to make up more shit and more, more shit. More stuff,
12: more stuff. Yeah.
11: That's where the conservatives like me because I'm just real. Yeah, you
12: There's do no, have a conservative they, you're not vibe. They to and
11: you. them. You're trans, you're male or you're female.
12: And you're standing and people on that.
11: Get so mad when I say that. How are you a they? What the fuck does that mean? It's stupid is what it is, Yeah. but you need someone like me that looks like me to say it because if you say it, it turns into you're homophobic. You hate trans people, you hate gays, and it's just how you feel. You don't hate anyone. You just think it's stupid. To read.
7: Without a diverse variety of books that represent my students, I can't get them interested in books.
6: Here's my book, Prison. In January, as the state celebrated Literacy Week in schools, Phillips says she was told to pack really up her classroom library.
7: We were being directed until all books could be vetted and we could be sure that we were in compliance with the state laws.
6: Duval County Public Schools, which includes Jacksonville, said it would conduct a formal review of all books. While that review is ongoing, classrooms and school libraries look like this. Under Florida's HB 1467 law, beginning this year, school books have to be reviewed by a media specialist to ensure they're free of pornography or certain race-based teachings. From kindergarten to third grade, the books must be free of instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity. The school district reminded educators violating parts of the law could lead teachers to be charged with a felony. They've come for teachers
7: over masks. They've come for teachers over books. Teachers have been called groomers.
6: Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed several new education laws that he says empower parents.
5: Floridians want our school system to be about educating kids, not indoctrinating kids.
6: Sixth grader Jonas Walter fears one of his favorite books
3: may be banned from the classroom.
2: Because there's a boy who likes a boy.
3: They are so butt blind to stuff like this. I mean, this, this is the stuff's on the Internet. They see it on Twitter. Equity Club members are excited to partner with IMC staff to create a LGBTQIAO polar pride display for the IMC display case for the month of February. The student design display included student artwork, LGBTQIAO books, free coloring sheets and education about the flags. And this is in a school. Yet, when you do stuff like the following, the media does get involved. Evidence. I will repeat what I just said. Are you unaware
6: of that? I will body repeat of what I just said. You said that you're a trans woman.
0: I trans female. Yes, ma'am, sir.
7: Do you have a penis? Oh. Oh, this is that's horrible.
6: Yeah. Yeah. You're the one you're the one that brought that into the discussion. You're I the one that never that said anything
8: discussion. about genitalia. Oh, yeah.
7: had everything about okay. genitalia. I don't know how what do you,
8: my rights are right answer? now. I'm not through with questions, but I'm not going to answer that question. Okay. That's highly okay. inappropriate. Again, that I, you can say that and, and that you're, you're
11: right. So.
8: Okay. I'm are a there any other, professional, are there a doctor. Questions?
11: Please treat me as such. Listen, I
3: talked to a 10-year-old girl back in the fall. And you know where she got her idea to have one of these surgeries? Off of TikTok. Because the Chinese were showing
1: this little girl on TikTok who said, this has changed my life. So now we're getting our information from the Chinese Communist government on how to,
3: how to keep these surgeries going. Stop going along with this language games that they've created, these ideolog- ideologues want us to play. There are men, women, boys and girls There's no such thing as having a place on a gender spectrum. It's true for horses, it's true for cows, it's true for dogs, it's true for every other species on the planet. It doesn't matter how long you go to church, it doesn't matter how uh, how many people you marry, if you're transgender and you're truly transgender, you'll be transgender. It's how you deal with this. And I don't want the, the youth of Arkansas to be in bondage and not be able to do something about their condition.
14: Therefore, this law is unnecessary and unneeded, and I ask the committee to vote no. Thank you.
3: All you heard in the, in the media was the first part that he asked her. But why shouldn't he? I think it's going to have to be a point where Republicans are going to have to do the right thing. It's either truth or let's be true. What's the truth? Do you have a penis or not? Majority of the country believes there's two sexes. Majority of Democrats think there's two sexes. This is a very minority thing. But we have articles like this. You got a fucking, this is a Pennsylvania with your baby. I mean, the people we're dealing with are ghouls. This is real. This isn't staged. Happy Friday. Abortion care is still legal in Indiana. We're doing everything we can to keep it that way. Abortion is portion health care as well as community priority, a family value and a normal part of life. Abortion is moral common and it's going it isn't going away. Neither are we. And she's holding part of an abortion procedure. NPR, who we finance. Oh, I didn't take it. Sorry, I thought I had that one. Well, I'll just go to that one. That that shows how fucked up this is. But NPR, Lodge gender affirming Care for Kids, Fear-Chilling Impact of Florida Ban, and this is climate justice equals trans right. Remember, when we first covered this in 16 or 17, it was a college thing with a bunch of lines and it's how they could connect all this to own the cons and say you're a racist if you don't believe with dudes and dicks you're a racist if you don't believe this you're sexist if you don't believe this it was just all mowed together into this nasty fucking toxic pie chart they made I mean, it is so bad. God needs to be gendered. NPR. Remember, I got suspended off Twitter, not bitter anymore. I'm just citing it, for saying that it was a mental health, or unhappy people, and because of this new religion... We don't talk about vet suicides. We talk about the straw man argument that all these kids who self-reported to a Trevor project and a GLAAD survey are having suicidal ideations. That got me suspended. But you can attack Christianity. You can attack Catholicism. You can't do Islam because they back them. They like suicide bombers. They're all about that shit. And we pay for that. That's NPR. We, we pay for all this. And it's just fucking sick. So, going to do a grab bag, snatch a couple things. stop for some lighter fare before we go into This Is America. <laughs>
2: I'm not sure you can put it into words but the emotion that you're feeling right now how much heart went into this win
7: oh it's everything i got it's the only speedway car we got there's no way i was going to bring it home without the steering wheel or the trophy and that was it this is for all the short track racers out there that don't think you can
5: get to this level i've worked my ass off to get here and we did it yeah
8: we heard that the World Economic Forum, right? We heard the- he, Brian Stelter yeah. was there. <laughs> Brian
5: Stelter. Brian Stelter is now at the World Economic Forum. What can we do about these problems? <laughs> he looked very comfortable there, didn't he? Of course he? he does. He's with <laughs> evil lizard people that are trying to control the world. That's his bosses. He knows how to handle that kind of situation. I've been around evil lizard evil, evil people. <laughs>
8: He looked, he looked as happy as as maybe he's ever been.
5: Well, he's probably very excited just to be working again in any way, shape, or form. That's true. You know, I mean, he's not a guy that really supposed to be in front of a camera, right? He's supposed to be a journalist, but he's not even good at that. So he's what he's doing now is holding water for the evil leaders of the world who want to institute hate speech policies nationwide and, you know, centralized digital currency, and they want everybody to eat bugs, and you will own nothing and be happy. This is the fucking people he's working for now because he's basically a prostitute and you know they they hired him to go over there and do that and he's like what can we do what can we do better Uh, what can we do different to get everybody to stand in line
8: depending on the mission specifics this can include heavy artillery and vehicles such as the massive m1 abram tanks It can also include palletized cargo, Humvees, and even boats. You might wonder, how does the U.S. military handle the complexities associated with the logistics involved with the safe loading, transport, and unloading of these aerial cargos? These are carried out by specially-trained crew members who supervise cargo handling. Known as the Loadmasters, their job starts with accurate pre-planning of the correct placement of cargo on the plane, based on its load and fragility. They apply scientific and mathematical principles to load aircraft properly and are vastly experienced in operating the Loadmaster software. They work closely with pilots and other crew members to ensure everything is in the right place at the right time. Loading an aircraft is actually an exact science and the loadmaster is responsible for ensuring the plane is correctly packed to ascertain the safety of everyone on board. The loadmasters must be able to develop a number of skills. They must be able to assess situations quickly and effectively as they arise. Side,
1: to the left.
8: They need to have strong communication skills. And they are the point of contact between the flight crew and the ground personnel. Apart from handling loads, they also monitor weather conditions several feet above the clouds and communicate with the pilots regarding potential hazards. Loadmaster's jobs are versatile, and they can work with both civilian and military transport aircraft that need safe cargo handling.
5: You your head, somebody tries to come at you with a knife, um, and also how to take a rifle away from somebody.
8: There is ample training required for a loadmaster to be proficient. And one of these includes the service tail trainer exercise. In this exercise, the student loadmasters are tasked with loading and unloading operations. In addition, they are taught the skills of cargo restraint calculations, the proper use of checklists, and passenger relations. A critical part of the training is when the loadmasters are made to weigh the vehicles at the aerial port. Then load them onto the aircraft on the flight line. They do all of these while ensuring proper weight distribution for flight. The loadmasters are trained on different vehicle sizes to provide an environment that mirrors their potential daily experience. They are made to configure different sized cargo. Maximize the load and wood shoring. And build effective support to load or unload cargo onto aircraft. Another type of training needed to become a loadmaster is offload training. As usual, there is a pre-planned calculation of the offloading process. Afterward, they ensure the checklists are correct before offloading the cargo. The cargo offload must be accurate and according to plan. And the team must work together in unison to have a successful task. As part of their technical training to become proficient loadmasters for the military, they are trained on loading the Humvees onto an Air Force C-17 Globemaster III cargo aircraft. The Humvee is a versatile four-wheeled military vehicle that can carry a wide variety of military hardware. To do this, They pre-calculate the Humvee's weight and how to best use the tight spaces on the C-17. In addition, they are trained on the effective ways of securing the vehicles in place by chaining them to several attachment points. Whether the transport aircraft used is the C-17 or the C-130 Hercules, The process of loading and airdropping is the same. The only difference is that the C-17 is bigger than the C-130 cargo aircraft. The loadmasters have a huge task on their hands, especially when it's time to airdrop these vehicles. This is because they must ensure the safety of the troops and the vehicles. Hence, they are also trained in the airdropping process, which consists of various activities. At the drop destination, the pilots ensure that the C-130 drops the cargo at an airspeed of around 140 knots. while flying at least 750 feet above ground level. As soon as the navigator gives the green light to drop the cargo, the loadmaster releases the drogue to pull out the large extraction chute. The drag on the extraction chute unlocks the cargo from the aircraft's cargo rails and pulls it out of the C-130. To further improve the skills of the loadmaster, they are also trained in the techniques of providing airlift and airdrop support for the U.S. Army. For instance, The U.S. Army conducted an Arctic Anvil exercise at the Camp Shelby Joint Forces Training Center in Mississippi. The training lasted through the whole month of October 2019. The exercise is a multinational, force-on-force training that involves dropping cargo and equipment from a moving C-130 in the air. The loadmasters are drilled on the importance of this operation and its importance to the overall success of the mission. They are made to know that driving a supply truck to an austere location on the battlefield is not an option.
3: Yeah, I know that was a long sound bite, but that Air Force one was pretty badass. Um, when I went to Pathfinder school, I had to memorize the formulas for computed air release point, And you had to get all the rollers... And how many rollers they had. And that's how long it would take to get off the plane. And the throw and the drift. And you did all this bullshit. And it was all for stuff like that. Pallet drops, Humvees, yada, yada, yada. And you took a test on it. So it's just a computer doing it. But you have to know this stuff. Now they got rid of the school. And the first soundbite, you know, Rogan one, won. Seltzer is a prostitute. But that guy is... I think in his 40s and running up the hill, doing what he did, he was just smoked. And I just thought it was neat watching a guy like that um, win. And it was an ARCA race. Uh, The rest of the weekend sucked. Um, There was a concept going around that I root for number 19. I think there's a 19 on this somewhere. Yeah, there's a 19. And it was uh, his 19th try at the Daytona 500 um, on February 19th, but what ended up happening is he got taken out on with 19 laps to go, and that's how it ended. It was just the fucking worst. I was crushed. And then Gregson, my other driver, because now he's up there, so I root for both, um, he got taken out um, in the next crash, so... Uh, it was nice to see a young kid win it or not a young kid but you know he's a one race team uh, he's got a big sponsor Kroger and he won it and not the big names which was kind of cool. So we're going to go into our liar fair. Our first section is going to be over Twitter and most of this is due to the fact that people are dogging Talibi and all these guys and um, it's bullshit.
11: This is America. Don't catch your slipping, no. Don't catch you slipping, no. Look what I'm whipping, up. No. This is America. Don't catch you slipping, no. Don't catch you slipping, no. Look what I'm whipping, And no. This is America. We know that the government had an extreme amount of influence on Twitter. They made their wishes very clear um to the executives at the company repeatedly about who they wanted to be deplatformed and the type of information that they wanted to be either removed entirely or flagged in some way so we know that there was direct pressure from the white house on twitter to behave and you know have the platform work in a certain way number one number two we know that twitter then had a variety of systems in place from sort of um, algorithmic systems to human beings working to take down certain types of information, either labeling things as misinformation or or actually suspending certain accounts. Um, So you have these things sort of working in tandem. You have the government, you have kind of computer algorithms working, and you have people um, who are actually making decisions about this content online. And this sort of and what i tried to cover with my reporting on it was the interplay between these three things
3: so we're going back and this is uh twitter 16. the twitter files have revealed a lot of thousands of moderation requests from every corner of the government feds mistaking both conservative and leftists for fictional russians even twitter deciding to paper uh, to cede moderation authority to the U.S. intelligence community. These and at least a dozen other newswear revelations produced exactly zilch in the mainstream news coverage in the last two months. The House hearing were held last week at which one witness told a story about Donald Trump asking to remove a mean tweet by Christy Teigen. Every media covered it. Purely to show the bankruptcy of the media in this area, let's introduce a pair of loud new data points. And this is Matt Talibi. I guess I should have said that. If <laughs> president freaked out in one tweeter in the news. Surely a U.S. senator thinking on 300-plus of his constituents might be Kevin Kane. Here's Maine Senator Angus King writing to Twitter to call a slew of accounts suspicious. Rand Paul, a bot. King's office declined comment. If Dick Nixon sniffed glue, this is what his enemies list might have looked like. So as to not to focus only on Dems or those who caucus with Democrats, here's a contribution by Mark Lindsay, a Republican, a State Department official, most famous for offering to donate his brain to science after claim brush with Havana syndrome. Lentz wrote to Twitter, bluntly asked to remove 14 accounts. That's the State Department. That's bad. I noted before, there are many crazy requests... In Twitter records from officials wanting foes taken off Twitter with California's Adam Schiff effort to ban a reporter and stop any and all search results about a staffer of making Angus King's spreadsheet gamut look minuscule. The fact that mainstream outlets ignored the Schiff story but howled about Tegan shows what they're about. Responses like this are designed to keep blue-leaning audiences especially focused on moronic partisan spats obscuring bigger-picture narratives. The real story emerging in the Twitter file is about a ballooning federal censorship bureaucracy that's not aimed at either the left or the right, but at the whole population of outsiders who are being systematically defined as threats. And that's just one of the greatest tweets I've ever seen. Beginning in March, we'll start using the Twitter files to tell this larger story about how Americans turned their counterterrorism machinery against themselves to disastrous effect through a little-known federal agency, the Global Engagement Center. Until then, if you find yourself in King's List, please DM. Thanks to Twitter file contributors like Schellenberger, Lee Fang. Now understand, we're facing people are causing this. This is a bank that opened and had to close. Is it a bank? Chase temporary closure due to human feces, and then they just closed the bank forever. Because it's better to have wokeness than to have reality. And I think even a more important one is this random video. All right? This is truly... You know, we talk about left and right ad nauseum, but it's not left or right. It is elites and normals, and this video proves it.
2: I have a master's degree because when I got certified, I was told I had to have a master's degree to be an Arizona certified teacher. We all have advanced degrees. What do the parents have? Are we vetting the backgrounds of our parents? Are we allowing the parents to choose the curriculum and the books that our children are going to read? I think that it's a mistake. And I'm just speaking from the heart. Um, the one line that I love is, uh, we must remember that the purpose of public education is not to teach only what parents want their children to be taught. It is to teach them what society needs them to be taught.
3: We need her name was Miss Messing. And though almost every teacher I've ever met is liberal and they're arrogant assholes. I mean, I had two in-laws. The first time they met, met me and they knew we were serious because my wife told them. Um, We drove up. I mean, it was the most auspicious of fucking good meets because I'm wearing shorts in the winter and boat shoes, which was the fashion in the 80s. And I put the car in a ditch. And uh, my father-in-law did look at me like a dork. But the first thing my mother-in-law, God rest her soul, who did turn around and like me later, did was she literally handed my wife to be a bunch of letters from her ex-boyfriend because he was in college and they made comments to her that they sh- shouldn't marry an army guy um, because we're uneducated. So they are arrogant asses. I mean, any way you cut it, um, teaching profession, most liberals, they think they're the smartest people in the room. And you, a commoner, looking out for your child, whether you be black, gay. I mean, I played videos of so many different demographics coming on and going, whoa, cease fire. I'm not having my kid get taught that every white kid is a racist just because they're white and white people had racism because black people or white pe- people had slavery when black people had slavery. Chinese had slavery. Every race has been a slave and held slaves. Every race has killed other people because they're the different race, different religion, different sects of a religion. The whole Middle East is between two sects of Islam. But that's where we are. You look at the media. They believe they know better than you and I. When I met them, from that one dickhead that I can never remember his name, who got fired for sexual harassment. Wouldn't even talk to me. I see numerous people bump into Chuck Todd. He won't talk to them because they're beneath him. He's an important person. And these teachers, once again, Every one of them have a degree and they think they're better than you because you don't have a degree. Is it in the military? Yes. I've spoken many times on here. I don't know how many officers said I'm very articulate for an enlisted man. Wow. You know a lot for an enlisted man. We have a class problem. It's not left and right. There are fucking righties like Marsha Blackburn who looked at me like I was a piece of shit on her shoe when I was breaking out, which she didn't even know, which did happen later, and I never got a comment. And after breaking that whole thing down to a Democrat, he said, You're not my constituent. Because he didn't want to talk to me. I was a commoner, I was a nobody. Even when I was in AUSA or at the tourism or when I went up to Washington. The people around me, they liked me because I was a funny guy and I had a credit card and I donated to their shit. But they didn't like me as a person because I was a commoner. I was a blue-collar fuck who just got a break, moved up in a company, got a fancy fucking title, and I had military connections that they could use to their benefit. How many times I talked on the show... When I lost that credit card even Army guys SAR majors I were friend I was friends with just stopped talking to me overnight they want nothing to do with me because I was a commoner. It's everywhere I don't care what profession what trade you have we have a problem that goes all the way back to the Titanic Titanic sorry Titanic. To them, we're the motherfuckers in the bottom of the boat that are chained in there until they get the more important people on the life rafts. That's just the way we are. Human nature. People believe that more money they have, the more education, the more power, their titles. I am no different. There was a time where I got caught up in titles, and there's two incidents in my life that if I could go back, God, I would change everything I did. I remember getting back from Afghanistan, and I had gotten the BSMV, and, you know, at first I was like, yeah. And then when they handed out like 20 of them, I realized, Jesus, this doesn't mean anything. Guys storm Normandy, they didn't get anything. And then and we get back to the States, and one of my counterparts was a piece of shit that the F- CO hated and w- relied on me more. And he got a second Bronze Star because his PL put him in for it. But my PL didn't like me, so he didn't put me in for it. And I, I just made a comment that I can't believe that piece of shit got two BSMVs. Uh, bronze stars and I only got one and they went through and they didn't order you know they put the shit in and I got a bsm like three months later before I went to Enoch and I regretted that I just regretted the shit out of it like that was just so stupid it was so petty but I was believing I was great and then when I got over to Cav and the second buyout and I got the job, which I don't know if it's documented, and I was going to be the head of the 101st Airborne Association. And I got there, and the, the, the SAR major, who I thought was a great guy, was a dick, and he was talking to me like a piece of shit, and his wife was going to run it. And I just, was, I just believed in my heart I was too good for this, and I ran away. And then I went back, and then I remember complaining that I didn't have a VP title, and they gave me the title, and I felt better. I didn't get any more money, I just got the fucking title. And when it all fell apart, I learned a lesson that that title didn't mean shit. It isn't the title. It's what you do. It doesn't matter if I was a VP of retail or I was dude in charge of retail. In the end, the company didn't exist. It got wiped off the earth by a bigger group with bigger titles who looked at me like I was a piece of shit on their shoe. Because to them. Small potatoes. What we make a year? 70, 80 million. Maybe a hundred on a good year. With contract sales, retail, and a re And a internet. Um, or online. We were nothing compared to these people. We were nobodies. So i Got into it. I thought I was somebody important and I had an air. And when it all fell apart, I realized I wish I would have handled that different. Because it didn't matter. In my heart, I was still just the manager. I was just the manager of a store. I just had a bunch of stores. And that's how when I was good at my job, when I improved sales or made the life better for my employees, it was when I was thinking like that. When I was thinking about getting a fancy title in a big desk where I could sit there and do spreadsheets all fucking day, I was a piece of shit. That's our world right now. And it just happens to be the majority of people running around with master's degrees believe that dudes with dicks, are real women, that every white person is a racist, that all people who don't vote for Biden or the left are white Christian nationalists, they're a lot like Chuck Todd and Brian Seltzer. And when elections don't go that way, that's why their reporting gets so evil and direct and talk about norms and water's edge and all these important things and protocols that we do as a country. It's because we didn't listen to them. I mean, I still remember watching. TV, the Today Show, when George W. Bush won the second time, and Katie Couric wore a black dress. At the time, I kind of chuckled about it, but then I watch her rig reporting on guns and get caught being a fucking piece of shit. I remember the morning after Trump got elected and looking at my TV and watching the Sunday shows and the angst and the anger and the terseness with the conversations that they could not believe America didn't listen to what they fucking told them. We told you Hillary was the most qualified candidate ever. They had already broke the ceiling. The glass was crashed. At the time, I thought it was just funny. It was hilarious to watch them all be pissed off. But what I didn't see, that's why they rigged 2020. That's why they will rig 2024, 2028, 32, 36, 40. You name a date, they're going to rig it. They're going to justify mail-in ballots. They totally 100% realize 81 million votes is normal because it was a crisis election to save democracy and Joe Biden is a grandpa. He's a great guy. They will with a straight face tell you that Trump has dementia and Biden is a fit as a fiddle president. They will, with a straight face, tell you Fetterman's being forced to do something why he's very ill because people are mean bigots. We're just a bunch of fucking ableists. They will continue to string along that you're a goddamn Nazi if you don't think a four-year-old should be getting hormone treatment and you don't buy that CRT and LGBTQ doctrine, a religion they have made, to give people something to believe in since they don't believe in religion. You don't buy that. You're just a white Christian nationalist Nazi. They will with a straight face say it's good to believe all those things and it's crazy that a church in Kentucky has had a frickin' revival going forever. They will tell you with a straight face that you need to go buy that $60,000 Tesla and pay more money to charge it than you did with your gas, and then it's good for you to have $8 eggs. Stop eating breakfast. Stop wanting so much. You don't deserve that much. You're an uneducated fucktard. Just sit there and suck it. You don't deserve good things. You don't deserve the food you want. And the food you want killing the planet. You don't deserve to have kids. How dare you say somebody shouldn't live birth abortion? These are all the people. And it all comes from their false belief that a fucking piece of paper that they went to school from, while most of us, like my brother in Oregon, were doing hard work to get qualified to make big money. Actually knowing how to do things, not understanding concepts. I mean, my whole career, I met maybe a few officers who understood that concept, who came in and understood that the people around him with all the stripes on their sleeves actually knew how to get things done. They knew how to do properly, motivate, and direct people. They knew more about tactics than they'd ever know because they did platoon time, then they were an XO. That's a year away. They do staff time, a year, maybe two years. They finally become a captain. It's a year, 18 months, maybe two at the max, and they're back to staff time. And then they get lucky when they make colonel. They get a year, maybe 18 months, maybe two. And then they're back in staff time, then they brigade, then they're back in staff, and they're never there. But that guy with the stripes was there as a private. He carried the AG equipment. Then he moved up to be the machine gunner. Then he moved up to be a team leader. Then he was a squad leader. Then he was a first platoon sergeant. Then he was a first sergeant. Then he might have done some staff time, or he went and did recruiting, or he was a drill sergeant or instructor, or he went out to be an OC. But then he came right back, and he was a first sergeant. Then he did some staff time and then he was Sergeant Major. He was always there. He was always with the troops. He was always on top of every new change and doctrine and gear and everything. It didn't matter that he had a fucking degree in underwater basket weaving. These people knew more than him. That's our problem. When I get wrapped up in bias... Really, if I wanna be brutally fucking honest, it it isn't that they are Democrats or progressives. It's that the Democrats are their kind of people. They're overeducated jackasses who think they're the smartest person in the room and that if we don't listen and do what they say, we're fucking idiots. So over my 55 years, 25 of it, maybe, well, 20, really paying attention, all these comments just keep getting ratcheted up, ratcheted up. It, it didn't even have to be Trump. It could have been another Republican. 2016 would still have been the same way. You didn't elect Hillary. You're a fucking moron. And so it would have gone from what it used to be with Chuck Todd the uneducated middle class voter. Anybody has been with the show a long time, especially Matt, you know I was bitching about that. He would say that all the time. He would pull out his data download that look at these moron, uneducated fucks. And he'd even say, hey, I don't mean it that way. Well, now it's just right up to white Christian nationalists. Mega. We vote against ourselves interest how many articles did you hear that in 2016 if for some reason their 2020 mass mail-in stealing changing 80 voting laws cooking social media only reporting only google searching just all that all that shit hadn't worked and trump would have won again how bad would it be now if 2024 their plan doesn't work Which it's going to, even if it's DeSantis. It doesn't matter who it is. They're going to cook the books, and Biden's going to get reelected. But if it doesn't, white Christian nationalists will just be a nice little nickname. They're going to go straight up Nazi. You're just a fucking Nazi, un-American, just un-American. I mean, January 6th, they know. It's not remotely even close to what Anifad did for three months in 2020. They know it. But the problem is those were low rent, uneducated people who dared to desecrate the Capitol. They walked in to Nancy Pelosi's office. They walked into the Senate chamber. Who the fuck are they to do that? Because it isn't our house. It isn't our capital. It's not our country. We are the hand servants. We are their slaves. We make everything work so that they can get chauffeured back to their fancy apartment order on fucking goddamn Uber Eats or some fucking thing to have somebody come bring in their fucking expensive meal or Instacart their groceries. We just make their life function. They know they need us, but they don't want to hear from us. They know we're part of the country, but they don't want to hear our opinion. We're just here. Because they need us. I mean, they're not going to go out and dig that ditch. They're not going to fix their car. They're not going to repair the fucking roof when it goes down. I mean, that's why they like illegals, really. If you really want to look at it, they love illegals because they're super quiet. They don't want to get deported. They will go and work under the table, get paid less money than they should. But they get shit done. They know their place shut your fucking mouth, shut your hole, know your role. And That's our problem. We don't even elect normals. We just don't. Every one of our representatives have never lived our lives and they don't fucking care to. They don't even want to hear about it. They just don't. And that's not me just spouting off. I've been there seven times and talked to all sorts of fucking goddamn politicians. They were just trying to get us out in front of their face. Yeah, 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 yeah. see you, bye. We were just something on the count. They had to do it because it's Fort Campbell. We care about Fort Campbell. I can't show I'm not caring about Fort Campbell. We love the troops. God bless the troops. Yada, yada. What's next? McConnell was the most important definition to me of how disconnected our leaders were. They didn't give a fuck. His fucking aide answered all the questions. That guy didn't give a fuck. He was thinking the next thing. He was moving on, man. It was just something on a calendar that he had to do because it's a block he's got to check. But in the end, Fort Campbell's just there to bring more money, give him more power. Because it's all about them. They're on the deck of the Titanic when it's going down. We're on the bottom. So that wraps up another episode of Flower Politics Podcast. Share with family friends. Go to SoundCloud, Flower Politics at K, Rumble 482-467, and go to foppodcasts at gmail.com to email me and tell me to go fuck myself or suggest a topic. Remember to disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah-yays. We're going to roll with the next podcast, 24th or 25th. We'll go 24th or 25th of February, year of our Lord, 2023. As always, thanks for listening. You take care.